Okay, B'Shem Hashem Na'asev and we're doing the Zerah Shimshon. And this week's parsha is an amazing parsha. It talks about the Nazir, Parshat Naso. It also talks about the most wonderful bracha, Brachat Kohanim. And my good friend here says we have to make sure that the Kohanim, they bless us with love. So if God forbid uh, the congregation hates the Kohen or the Kohen hates somebody in the congregation, he's not eligible. But about greeting your friend when he's in the middle of the Shema, we could learn a very interesting lesson from the Zerah Shimshon here. He's in the Birchat Kohanim, which is so important, the Rabbi Pelioetz, the great rabbi of Saliko says that it's so important that parents shh, parents should always bless their children like we do every Friday night. And we, the most classical and best blessing in the world is the Birkat Kohanim. Because it says, Yisa Hashem panav elecha v'yasem lecha shalom. Which means, may Hashem lift His countenance to you and establish peace for you. Which means may God look at you and um, basically every Friday night we bless our children and the Peliod says since parents love their children so much it's always good for blessed parents to constantly bless their children. The Zerashim Shon brings a fascinating um idea from the Pasuk. It says, Adonai Oz ten Adonai Yevarechet Hamo Shalom. And then it says, Shalom Rav Lo Ave Toratecha Ve'en Lamo Michshol. We say this in our prayers every day, which means there will be abundance of peace to the lovers of your Torah and there will be no obstacle for them. This is in Tehilim 119. Now he raises a fascinating question. If there's no obstacle for them, Obviously, if there's peace, there's not going to be an obstacle. So, why does it have to say, God will grant you peace, and there will be no obstacle? Doesn't peace mean there will be no problems or challenges? So, what's the necessity for the second phrase? So, it brings a fascinating thing based on... I just want to educate you guys a little bit. I was telling this to my Chavrusa last night. The top commentators on the Shulchan Aruch, on Yoredeya, are the Shach and the Taz. But on the first part of Jewish law, which talks about the laws of prayers and Shabbat and our daily observance of the law and the holidays, is called Orachayim. The most important commentator on Jewish law, Shulchan Aruch, written by the Bet Yosef, is the Magen Avram. The Magen Avram was extremely great posek and commentator. He lived 400 years ago. He was so poor that he used to write on the walls of his house his commentary on Shulchan Aruch. But he's such a He's such an important. He's such an important figure 
that um, there's commentaries written on his commentary, like the Eshel Avraham and the Prima Godim. So the Mogan Avraham is like one of the kings of the commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch. The first, you know, the Shulchan Aruch, by the way, it's very important to know this. There's four different sections to the Shulchan Aruch, gentlemen and ladies. The first one is called Orachayim. It's the law of daily ritual religious observance. Orachayim, my daughter was asking me this today actually, means the path of life. Which means the reason why the Shulchan Aruch decided to make that the first part of his book is because these these, um, laws happen on a daily basis. And it's based on the Pasuk in Proverbs, Mishle, Orachayim Lamalamimaskil, the way of life for somebody that's enlightened is always getting better and better. The second portion of the Shulchan Aruch is Yored laws of kosher and nida and um, ribit, not taking interest, and so on and so forth, mikveh. The third is about women called Evan Ezer, and the fourth is called Choshen Mishpat, the laws of business and business ethics. Now, the most important commentary on Orachayim, like I said, is the Magan Avram. The Magan Avram says a fascinating halacha. And that is, he says this in chapter 66 of the Shulchan Aruch, commentary 2, Sifkatan 2. He rules in the name of the Rashba, which was the great Sephardic, one of the greatest Sephardic Rishonim from the medieval ages was Rabbi Shalomo ben Aderet. The Rashba holds that it is permissible for a person to greet his friend while the friend is in the middle of the reciting of Shema. He is allowed to greet him even though this means that the friend will have to respond to him in the middle of his prayers. Because we know this is one of the classical Mishnahs we just learned in the Dafyomi uh, three months ago, that three, four months ago, that when you're in the middle of prayer, if somebody tells you Shalom, it's very important even in the middle of Shema to respond Shalom. Because uh, the Talmud says, how is it that you could steal from a poor person? It's an, in, in the prophet says, do not steal from poor, poor people. Now, how is it possible if nobody has money, you could steal from him? The Gemara says, this is talking about a rich person. When a poor person comes and tells him, Shalom, the rich person, because he's so snobby and stuck up, doesn't respond shalom. He's like, you're a nobody. You're beneath me. The only thing the poor person has left is his dignity and honor. And even that you want to take away from him, that's like stealing, that's terrible sin. That's why, parenthetically, the Rashba says, it's always important in Jewish culture and ethics to... Greet everybody with a smile and say shalom. And always, if somebody tells you shalom, the Rashba says, even if you're in the middle of talking Shema, which is the most important Jewish prayer, you should answer the shalom. Because it's disrespectful. Like I said, some people, they have no money, but they have at least their integrity and honor. And people get offended when you tell them shalom and they don't respond shalom. And... It's for this reason, parenthetically, uh, they're asking me, even in the middle of Birkat Kohanim, no. I have to look into that. I must say I'm not sure. But 
I think everybody should have their eyes closed. They're asking me on Zoom. So in the middle of your Kwanim, I don't think it's appropriate to answer Shalom because then the person is really a fool. But this is, by the way, I just want to say, halakhically, the Shulchan Aruch, the Poskim, the Mishnah Bura, Ravavadya says, in a practical sense, it's better not to say Shalom and answer Shalom in the middle of Shema because we don't go according to the ancient customs of the Talmud. Nowadays, people, if they answer Shalom, they're going to lose their whole track of mind. But theoretically... The, the Rashba says that it's okay for me to go to Mr. Cohen and say, Mr. Cohen, you know Mr. Cohen is in the middle of Shema, and say, Shalom Aleichem, and you, the, Mr. Cohen can answer you back. Now, they're asking me in the middle of Kaddish, again, things like Kaddish and Nakdishach, you should close your eyes and again, pr- practically speaking, the custom is that we don't greet people shalom in the middle of prayers. But technically, according to the Magan Avram and the Rashba, you can. Because we know the worst thing we see with the riots going on right now this last week, the worst thing is when there's chaos. When everybody's unified and respects each other is the most important thing. That's why, parenthetically, the Peleoid says, if you're a rich person or a very popular and fancy and well-respected person on Shabbat, you should go out of your way to say shalom to the poor people in the synagogue and be very sensitive to always respect them and answer shalom. Because, um, especially the Persian culture, I know people that become sinat chinam. That if somebody asks them, Shalom, greeted them shalom, and the person was spaced out or for whatever reason didn't respond, the person to the end of his life is going to bear a grudge and want nothing to do. So it's for this very wonderful reason. The Rashba says, listen, by the way, halachically, if you're in the middle of the pasuk and somebody greets you with shalom, you should finish the pasuk, so you shouldn't say the name of God in vain. Then according to the opinion of the Maganavar and Rashba, you're allowed to respond shalom. Now, according to this halacha, the Zerah Shimshon says is such unique, it's so refreshing learning the Zerah Shimshon because he says such re- refreshing ideas. According to this Rashba and Magen Avram, we can understand the intent of the Pasuk. There is an abundance of peace of the lovers of Torah. The people that love God and the Torah they are always greeting Shalom. For example, one of the greatest uh, Sephardic rabbis, the Rosh Yeshiva Purat Yosef, the Ivy League Yeshiva of the Sephardim, was Rabbi Ben Sion Abba Shaul, and we could be so proud that he was actually Iranian. He was very um, careful all the time in Jerusalem always to greet people with Shalom. Because... The, uh, we learned this from Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai that even a non-Jew, you should be the first one to see, say Shalom. And actually the children of Jerusalem always used to beat him in saying Shalom, but he was so swift 
our great mentor and Rebbe, Rabbi Ben Sion the great Rosh Hashiva, that it was almost impossible for anybody to outdo him and say shalom. He would always greet people shalom first. So this is what the Torah is taking, talking about, that there is an abundance of shalom because obviously the reason why there's all these riots and pandemic is because we haven't been respecting each other in love and we haven't had enough peace. There's baseless hatred. So people who love the Torah should greet each other with shalom even when the other person is in the middle of Shema. Ah, oh, you will ask that this is call, causing a stumbling block like we learned a few weeks ago in Parshat Kedoshim that Lifne Iver Lotiten For example, one should, in Israel, you should not make a non kosher McDonald's. Because Lifne Iver Lotiten If somebody's blind, don't put a stumbling block, which means don't be partners in crime, the cause of somebody falling into the depths of hell through sinning. You shouldn't be the instigator and the person that facilitates other people to sin. That's why it says, don't think you're causing the person that's in the middle of Shalom, middle of Shema, to respond to you, Shalom. It says, En la This is not considered a stumbling block. Why? It's not considered that you're putting a stumbling block in front of a blind person. Because when a person greets his friend, there can po- be, this cannot possibly can be considered a sin. Why? Because Hashem loves peace. By the way, this is a halacha. The Ben Ishchai says that that's why we're in the bathroom. We should turn off our cell phones and we should not answer Shalom in the bathroom. Because Shalom is one of the names of God. And because the greeting promotes peace, God has a special leniency for people that promote peace. Therefore, even if the person is in the middle of Shema, you could greet him Shalom and he could greet you back with Shalom. And um, believe it or not, the Benishkai says another wonderful... Yes, this is a um, something a lot of people don't know, but... In the bathroom, it is not important. It is not appropriate to say shalom, and even the name of Shabbat is one of the holy names of God. And therefore, this Erashim Shon, just to wrap it up, this idea we're going to go to the next idea is a wonderful, wonderful, heartwarming idea that um, we're going to learn in this week's parsha also by Sota, just to embellish a little bit with put in my two cents. The Erashim Shon, we see that. A woman that is, um, they're asking me on Zoom, what if a person's name is Shalom? Rabavadia has a tshuva and Yebiya Omer, he says, we should not be talking unless we want to get rid of demons or it's a danger. One should not talk or say anything in the bathroom. Or unless he's like in a bathroom stall and somebody's trying to enter, he could say, I'm here. But as much as possible, since Jews are always saying Baruch Hashem. As it says in Tehillim, we just read on King David's thing, Kol which means on every breath we should be thanking God. So if we open our, our mouth, inevitably we're going to say Hashem's name, we're going to say Eli or Shalom. 
That's why halachically, as much as possible, it's better not to talk, to be silent. And um, it's actually fascinating, Rabbi Vadia Yosef has a tshuva, that if you're in the middle of the bathroom and your cell phone rings and it's an important call and you're going to miss a lot of money, if you don't take the call because your business deal is going to fall through, can you answer the phone? Can you answer the phone? Rabbi Vadia says... In a case where it's a super important call and you're going to lose a lot of money, you could just answer and say you'll call him back later. But talking altogether is not recommended at all. Uh, so therefore you should never greet anybody. You shouldn't say anything, especially Shalom or Shabbat. Because the Zohar says Shabbat is also one of the names of God. Because Shabbat is the day we worship God. And so on and so forth. But this, this week's Parsha is really about Shalom because... We see how much God is in love with Shalom that a woman that is accused of adultery because she had been um, Yichud. She had uh, been in private seclusion with a man that her husband warned not to. They bring her and do a DNA test, kind of like a blood test on her. They make her drink some potion of water and dirt and they actually get go ahead and erase God's name. They write something that's like a mezuzah that has God's name in it and they dip it into the cup of water that has a little bit dirt of the temple and they mix it and they cause God's name to be um, erased. God says it's better that my name should be erased and this, hus- this woman should be absolved of any suspicion and it should ca- cause peace. So the Maharal actually explains like exactly what the Zerah Shimshon is saying. That really the name of God is peace. Because uh, there's nothing, God is our Father in Heaven and nothing is more meaningful to Him that there should be peace amongst Jews. So therefore, um, we see that according to the Zerah Shimshon, you're allowed to greet somebody even if he's in the middle of his prayer of Shalom. God allows His name to even be erased for the sake of Shalom. And there's a beautiful story with Ramer Balanes that uh, one time he was uh, saying, he was, um, Rabbi Mer Balanes had a, a wonderful custom. Whenever he would give a Torah talk, one third he would say parables, one third he would say halacha, and then one third he would say midrash. So one time a woman was listening to his lecture, she came home late. And then the husband kicked her out of the house. He said, unless you go spit in the face of Rabmer Balanes, I won't let you come back in. So anyways, Rabmer Balanes found out. He told the woman, you know, I have an eye sickness in my eye. Look how humble and lover of peace Rabmer was. She said, spit in my eye. If you spit in my eye, it's going to cause my red eye, my, my eye ailment. To go away. And the students of Rabmer Balanes were shocked. They said, Rebbe, how could you do such a thing? It's disrespectful that you're causing a woman to spit in your face. He said, what? Am I greater than God? God has His name actually erased. So therefore, we Jews have to do everything and anything in our capability to create shalom, and that's why Lashon Hara is so bad and Rechilut, gossip, because it causes things. Now, the next portion of the Zerashim Shon we're going to read is the, the reason 
We know one of the most joyous things uh, that a person could do in his life is when he finishes a piece of Gemara, he gives a siyum mesechta. And we hope everybody will have the great honor to finish all of Shas, Babli, Yerushalmi. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great thing. And we know this week's parsha in chapter 7, Pasuk Aleph says it was the day that Moshe finished erecting the tabernacle, the Mishkan, and he anointed it and sacrificed it, sanctified it, he made it holy with all its um, utensils. So the Zerah Shimshon says, why don't we make a party when we start learning? Only when we finish it, we, you know, uh, around three months ago when it was um, two and a half months ago, it's such a big and jolly occasion when somebody finishes a piece of Gemara that it absolves the firstborn from fasting on the eve of Pesach. Now the Midrash says, we learn from this week's parsha that it was such a joyous day when Moshe established the Mishkan, the holy tabernacle that was their mini temple that was like Legos that they would erect for the 40 years, the Midrash in Kualet Rabbah learns that it's a wonderful custom that when we finish learning each part of Gemara, we should throw a party. And the Midrash also t- tells us that just as a bride has 24 different types of jewelry, it was an ancient custom that the brides would not only have just rings, they would really, really... Um, load her up with a lot of 24 different jewelry, so too the Torah, Tanakh, has 24 different books. And Baruch Hashem, I want everybody to join us on Monday nights for Yahushua. We're in the juicy part about them about to enter the land of Israel. And it's a shame that it's a lot of times on, on, on airplanes when non-Jewish uh, Christians know more about our book the Torah Nevi'im, it's shameful. We should be... The Torah is not just the five books of Moses. Of course, th- those were given face to face by God Himself. But the other 19 books are also very holy and everybody should be a friend. And that's why, just like a bride, the Midrash says, has 24 types of jewelry, the Torah also has 24 books. Now we can ask the question, the Zerah Shun says... Why should, we, why should we make a siyum, a festive meal, at the end of the learning? Why not, why not at the starting of learning? If we compare a Torah to a bride, the anniversary is never as fancy as the wedding. So if the Torah is like a bride, the Zerah Shimshon says, when we start learning, we should throw a big party, party and ask everybody to join us. So he answers that the Gemara says, let's say for example, a woman um, was a servant. In the time of the Talmud, if two partners owned a woman, when they would free her, she would become a full-fledged Jew. Now let's say one party frees her, one of the partners does not free her. The Gemara very clearly says that... um, you're not able to marry half a woman. Marriage is complete. And that's why 
Only when we complete that section of the Gemara, God willing, we're on page 90 almost in the Dafyomi, so we got a lot, like another 60 some pages to finish Masechta Shabbat. Hopefully, we'll have a nice siyum and all this virus will be over the pandemic. The reason is, is that now we have learned that it is now that when something is yours, you celebrate it with a festive meal. So when you start learning something, it's not 100% yours. It's like half a woman. This is, by the way, the same reason why we don't make such, we don't dance with the Torah on Shavuot. We only dance with the Torah on Simchat Torah. Because only after you know the Torah can you... Knowledge is power. The greatest and most fundamental and ultimate joy is not some superficial joy, sexual joy, or joy of food. The ultimate joy is the joy of understanding. So that's why when a union is complete, if we want to, the Zerashim Shon says, if we want to compare it to a wedding, our learning of Torah, we don't throw the party. Only after they sign the ketubah and they say the seven brachos under the chuppah, where it's a complete union, that's when we have the festive meal. So too, even if a person concludes a section of the Torah, if he doesn't have a festive meal at the conclusion of the seum, it is not considered complete. So the Zerashim Shon is saying another idea. He's saying that um, it's so important to celebrate when you get to the milestone of finishing a Masechta in the Talmud. Because just like it's unfathomable to throw a wedding and not have a festive meal after, same way, when you have a complete understanding and a conclusion of a whole part of the Oral Torah, the cherry on top, the completion, just like as a wedding, there's a full union and you have to have a meal. You need to celebrate with a full meal to, to make sure that you really appreciate how important of a milestone you have reached. So therefore, um, we want to wish everybody a very safe and healthy week. And... Um, be well, shalom, good night, and have a wonderful day. Don't forget to subscribe.